0: to the Brenton on Tour podcast. That's right travels the world running concerts and searches for the best coffee, people and amazing stories so you don't have to. Pay attention, you're going to learn something for a change. This is a show about all of those things and much much more. You're blowing my mind right now. This is, I hope someone's recording this. So settle in, for a cup of amazing coffee. He's a coffee snob by the way. Crank that ghetto blaster and enjoy the 150,000 ranked podcast in the land. Ah, fake laugh. Hiding real pain. I think that's an exaggeration. It's the Brenton on Tour podcast. Any questions? Here's BD. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's your old pal Brent. What's happening? Welcome to the Brenton on Tour podcast for another week here on the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, changing things up just a little bit this week and going with a new topic. Moving off the COVID, moving off of all that stuff. I was doing a lot of COVID talk about what we've been doing and how we've been pivoting and all that fun stuff that goes with it and, and what's our industry been through. And I'll get back to that. I've got uh, another panel uh, planned here. I've got another, uh I said, mentioned before, an all-women panel plan. We just, through scheduling, I've had to change it up a little bit. Uh, everyone's schedule is kind of changed because everyone's back to work, which is is very exciting. So, uh, I wanted to change it up just a little bit and focus on a a question or two that I get most commonly asked, which is how do you break into the music industry? How do you make it? How do you break down the barriers and break the walls, you know, kick the doors down and break the walls down and all the rest of it. I get asked that question more than anything, uh, of all the questions I've ever done. Like, how did you break in, and what did you do? And and those familiar with my story, or have heard or have seen me on you know other podcasts and things like that, I I basically like to talk a little bit about you know the the journey that it took me to get to where I got to get to, and all the rest of it. But I also do a lot of speaking. I speak at some colleges and schools that do the programs that that I did. I, I did a course at Durham college in Oshawa called the uh, entertainment administration course back in 1994, yeah. aging myself just a little bit, just a bit. And one of the things that I, um, I wanted to kind of dive into this week was let's talk about your definition of making it. Okay. Cause everyone has their own version of making it. I get asked this question a lot. How did you, break in and and how did you make it and you know i'm still trying to make it i happen to be doing what i want to do for a living but i'm still trying to make it is that the word i'm looking for you know everyone has their own definition as i said and in every profession so sure music industry based i travel i run concerts i do things you guys are well aware of what i do for a living but everyone has their own definition some people you know they want to be a doctor or some people want to be a fireman or some people uh, want to be a lawyer or they, you know, they want to move ahead in their business and go, you know, as far as they can, or they've set out certain goals financially or career wise or all the rest of it. So this isn't necessarily a self-help thing or anything like that. I just wanted to give you a bit of a journey breakdown of what I went through to kind of get to this point uh, that I'm at right now, but also to try to answer some of those questions as to how do you make it or how do you break in and how do you do it? So what is your definition of making it? That's the question that you see right there. What is your definition of making it? This is the first thing to me that has to be defined. Um, because when I started out in this thing, I wanted to be a drummer in a big rock band and tour the world and and play giant concerts and you know and just do everything that Motley Crue is doing and, and all those bands and Metallica. And, and that was the plan. The plan was be a rock star, get in there. Can't be that hard. Right. You know, I got a cousin that works at edge one Oh two in Toronto, uh, which was CFNY at the time. I've got uh, a couple of uh, music managers that I know. I mean, it's going to be no problem, right? It's going to be so easy. We're just going to make a demo and then we're going to make a CD and then we're going to get on people's radar. And then, it's going to be great. Every band, every musician, every person goes into it with this mentality of, you know, this is what it's going to be. Or I'm going to be a great songwriter and I'm going to write songs for people. As I said, everyone has their definition of how they're going to make it. So I like to start with what is your, what are you trying to accomplish? What is your actual uh, mission here? Is it to make it as a rock star? Is it to make it uh, in the big corporate side of it? Is it to, you know, like, you know, you want to know what I do for a living and run concerts. Is it to run concerts for a living? And that's your definition of making it. I learned very quickly that the the music industry has many, many, many layers, uh, which you're not always taught. If you are in uh, your basement making music, which is great, but you're a kid that's just coming up. I mean, you probably don't know half the jobs that exist in the concert industry. You don't, probably know but you know about all these different things that have to go into putting on a concert or putting on a show and there's so many different levels ticketing and marketing and the agent and uh, the buyer and the availabilities of the venue and all these things go into putting together a show but the core of it starts with how do you get on someone's radar to be able to put on that show so i like to go into every single one of these Speeches that I you know, or if I talk to somebody about it, um, and I like to lay out the volunteer plan. And I know that's blue in the face. People are like, "Oh, um, you know, I I uh, I don't want to volunteer. That's stupid. Or, you know, I, I know everything. I can YouTube will teach me everything that I know. Or I'm I'm in a big, you know, college or university, and I've got a business degree, and it's going to teach me this. Or I've got I, I've gone to a music school." And now I've graduated and it's told me uh, that, uh, that I can run concerts now. Now, listen, I only, you know, recognize when I'm touring and, and skilled people that are putting the effort in. If you're just mailing it in, everyone else is going to see you mail it in. So you've got to put the time in. I volunteered at the Moon Room in Oshawa, Ontario. Thank you, Carrie King. Um, you know, at countless shows around ontario to just try to figure out how concerts work i was playing in a band i was a drummer in a band and we were very very close to getting to the next level we played with all those bands that did go to the next level some 41 protest the hero to name a few but we also really struggled to get on the radar of radar and all the rest of it it comes i uh, sorry radio and all the rest of it it comes down to songs commitment to your craft the 10,000 hour rule, you know, have you put in 10,000 hours? Have you to try to prove to everybody that you, uh, you know what you're talking about? There's so many different things that go into this first decision, uh, and your first choices that are going to guide you into this business. So I like to go in and talk about volunteering first because volunteering at a festival, for instance, or being a stage manager at one of these big festivals, you learn, How the logistics work of how trucks load into a festival, how bands get up on stage in time, how are they sharing gear, how are the movements happening on and off the stage, whatever it is. If you want to run concerts like me, you need to know logistics. And the only way you're going to do that is by volunteering first. You're not, someone's not going to just hand you a job. I mean, maybe now coming out of COVID, everyone's desperate for work. I mean, our business certainly is hurting for uh, crew people. But. How are people going to, uh, you know, define, like, find you out of this, you know, group of people also looking for work? And the only way you can do that is by volunteering. A really great example of that uh, a, a girl named Tess Minor, who was stage manager at a festival in Victoria, British Columbia. And she came on that stage that day and basically was volunteering uh, when I was running a stage and she basically said, you know, I want to do lighting and that's all I want to do. And she instantly went to the lighting guys started running cable with them and never looked back and is now programming some of the biggest shows in the world. And it started volunteering on that stage, helping me trying to run an outdoor festival. So, you know, that's just one little example of people that, you know, trying to get through the situation and try to carve out, you know, their, you know, their identity. You know, when I was volunteering, I, I used to you know, I would come up to a band like, like Sean Verreau, uh, like from Widemouth Mason and be like, Hey guys, do you have anybody running lights for you? Well, no, they didn't because they couldn't afford to take a lighting guy with them. So I jumped in to try to learn how to do lighting for them. And then they asked me to go to another show and another show. And I was volunteering. I was driving, the whole way myself they paid for a little bit of gas they fed me but it wasn't like they were paying me 250 300 bucks 500 bucks a gig or something at that point it was you got to cut your teeth and that's what i did i had to cut my teeth to to drive around ontario and volunteer for bands and meet people and thankfully as a band you know you meet tour managers uh, and then you you meet other people that are kind of involved in the business that give you a little bit of information as you're going and you kind of take that and parlay it together and try to carve out what you think is your path and your method, you know, to, to, to make it. So, you know, that was sort of how it worked for me. And I, I really wanted to get to the nuts and bolts of the concert business. I wanted to learn how concerts ran and because our band was not really that popular at the time. And we tried very, very well, sorry. uh, Well, we were very busy, but I mean, to, get to that next level that like say some 41 we about to break or protest were about to break um it took a lot a lot of work and i actually recognized towards the end of my time in the band that i wasn't having as much fun playing drums as i was trying to find either shows or just kind of being the guy at the show that you know hey make you know I was I've been I was always the non-drinker I was always the guy not really drinking and driving the guys and whatever so it's like I might as well you know make sure we get paid or at the very least take care of some of the logistics which the guys happily handed off but it taught me a lot and it got me thinking about wow how do concerts actually work okay so the interesting thing about that is that I took a break from trying to be a drummer and focused all my attention on becoming a band manager and a promoter and putting on concerts. And then, you know, trying to figure out how that worked and became like, trying to become a a really good independent promoter uh, or independent uh, guy for Southern Ontario, you know, Peterborough, Lindsay, all those kind of little small towns. And thankfully I had an agent at an agency in Toronto, um, the agent's name was Sam Tuma. Hi, Sam. How you doing? Uh, he worked for SL Feldman and Associates. Hi, Rob Patty, uh, Jeff Crape, all these guys that helped me out at the beginning of this thing. But Sam really took a shine to me and started giving me bands like I'm Earth and the Headstones and, and um, oh my God, uh, just so many cool bands. And the management for those bands were like, hey, you know, sure, take them into these small towns. And it taught me so much about how the concert business works because I had super highs and I had super lows I would I would sell three shows out and then I would do a show with a country act in Port Perry that almost ruined me uh Michelle Wright where basically the guy who co-promoted the show walked on me uh, five days before the show and left me holding the bag with all the money and uh, I really had to scramble to kind of pull that whole thing together and not go bankrupt and thankfully I had a lot of help in that and it really taught me about, uh, trying to, you know, persevere through the business because it's not always kind, and that was my first real lesson. And thankfully, my band guys that I was with were really supportive, and um, you know, let me still play with in the band with them. But then, you know, as I moved on and we found somebody else, they formed a new band, and I was able to kind of learn how to become a manager and try to manage that band uh, at that time. And everyone pitched in to try to get there, and it really, really, really came out of that first time of me being in college and volunteering with people and volunteering at a club and learning how to push gear and learning how to get in to a concert or you know get people into a concert and out safely and and so many lessons were learned from that volunteering so my definition of making it right there my definition of making it at the time was being a big band break play concerts for thousands of people. And that's what I'm going to do. It changed to, I want to, you know, work for house of blues concerts. Okay. And it was something that I put on my radar a long time ago. That was like, I'm going to get on house of blues concerts, which became live nation. And even back then, I think they were MCA or something. And so I focused all my attention on going in and volunteering and I was trying to volunteer and, And they wouldn't, you know, at the time, you couldn't really volunteer at the Molson Canadian Amphitheater in Toronto. So I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get these hours in? Fast forward to becoming a tour manager and getting asked to become a tour manager. That was a direct product of running those concerts and basically learning the ropes and meeting tour managers and production managers and then them asking me to you know, take one of their bands out on tour. So that was awesome. So I had that opportunity to go out on tour and uh, tour manage. Um, I think it was Jay Englishman first. And then I spent a lot of time with the mud men and many other bands after that. So kudos and hi to all those guys for giving me the start and getting out there. And the funny thing is, is that I learned very quickly that the people that you meet when you first come into the business are likely the people, you know, what's the old saying, the people you meet on the way up are the people that you meet on the way down. And I'm still working with a ton of people that I met at the very beginning of my career, like 93, 94. So I'm 45 years old. I've been putting, you know, 20 some odd years into this thing. Um, And so, you know, volunteering was everything. So the first thing you got to do is you got whatever your market is or whatever you got to acquire as much information as you can about what it is that you want to do. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but in our industry in particular, I'm not going to hire somebody or bring somebody along with me that hasn't, um, uh, you know, put the time in. You really got to put the time in, not put, you know, coming out with a graduate degree in something isn't going to, you know, I'm not going to put you on stage to stage manage a show. There's no way. You've got to put the time in. Really great example of that is my niece, Taylor, uh, who is the daughter of Chris Machete, who, you know, I call her my niece because I was, you know, she helped raise this little, little one and was tried to just be there for her right from diapers and on and just, you know, new baby stuff, Chris Machete, uh, you know, hey, it was it was a, it was a tough go for everybody. So I, you know, gladly uh, loved the idea that my brother uh, from another mother had a brand new baby girl and we brought her in and embraced her as a little machete and it was amazing. And then she started expressing interest in what it is that I do. And as early as 17 years old, she would come out and, volunteer at a festival she came out to vancouver and volunteered at a festival just to learn the ropes and then she would volunteer more in toronto and then she got little gigs as she got you know moving along and then she moved to vancouver and started really diving in uh, with a company called mrg on how to run concerts and then she got asked to go to the Reading and leeds festival in uh in europe And then parlayed that into a merch gig with two great bands and is still furthering her journey ahead. She's got over 200 shows under her belt and this is all a byproduct of volunteering. What's Taylor Machete's definition of making it? I mean, who knows, but I got to think it's getting paid to do this for a living. Not podcasts, I mean, that would be great, but uh, getting uh, paid to go out and do what you love for a living. And that, to me, as what all of us really want to do right we want to get paid to do what we love so my definition of making it has changed over the time and you know um it's t- taken on various forms and so one of the things for me that changed you know i want to give you a little graphic here for the people listening you're going to have to tune in but um a while back i did a show for pearl jam and well i did a whole tour across the country for pearl jam um uh, you know, and we ended up in Toronto. Uh, that's a picture I took actually. And uh, we ended up in Toronto on the PJ Twenty tour. Um, and I'm looking around the arena, and there's Neil Young and Woody Harrelson, uh, my cousin Daryl, who used to work at Edge One Hundred Two and C.F.N.Y. Uh, my roommate Scott, and all these people that I knew, my bandmates Chris, everyone was around me um, while I'm having this moment where I was looking around the arena in my hometown and I'm like, look at this. There's thousands of people here. All my people that were a part of my journey are here and I've made it. Okay. At that moment, that was my definition of making it. And then I realized very quickly that I had only reached the top of one level and the bottom of the next level. So, You have that moment of like, yes, but then it's, you realize you've got, like, there's just so much more work. There's always somebody that's done more of those, or there's somebody that's done, you know, 500 stadiums, or there's somebody that's done more, 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 more. Uh, There's a banker that made us, you know, investments for people, and then they made them a million dollars, but there's always somebody that's made their clients 10 million. Right, or there's a football player that uh, you know wanted to make the NFL, and they got to the CFL, and then they realized that they got to work that much harder to get the NFL. They get to the NFL, and then they realize, you know, that's all I've ever wanted was to make the NFL. But then you get to the NFL and realize how much work it is. Maybe it was just, you know, getting to to that spot is it was your definition. So, what is your definition of making it? I keep coming back to that. And, you know, one of the things that, um, I realized very quickly when that Pearl Jam show happened was that I was, you know, as I said, I was at the bottom of the, of the next level. So it just pushed me to work that much harder to get to the next level. And what is that next level? Well, it basically means, you know, getting an opportunity to run the biggest shows in the world. That was my, that's become my mission. My mission basically is to just be consistently working in this business and get the opportunity to run the biggest shows in the world and be a valuable um, part of, well, I work for live nation um, and to be a super valuable um, cog in the wheel for them uh, as I'm running shows around the world for them and getting that opportunity to do that. So my making it goal has now turned to uh, making a living and, I feel like I've made it from the standpoint of like I set out. Um, I'm going to put up a little graphic here, which basically says, you know, have you set your goals and achieved them already? You know, were you a police officer that wanted to be a detective and you achieved that fast, and then you, but you realize that you know, oh, maybe I want to be the chief of police or or the commissioner. Whatever. There's always one more level, right? So, did you set those goals and achieve them? And then the other side of it is, did you hit your goal? And then you don't know what to do next. So what is making it, right? What is your definition of making it? Which I like to circle back to. So one of the cool things that I had an opportunity to do was Wembley. Now, um, in 89, 90, they did the Freddie Mercury tribute show uh, after he had passed. And they, you know, all the bands came together and did a huge show at Wembley, the old Wembley stadium. That in essence for me was the mission for me was to do a show at Wembley. I was like, okay, I need to, if I can do a show at Wembley, then I can scratch that off the list and that's something else that I've achieved. But also have I made it then? Cause I did Wembley. I mean, the jury's out, but when I hit Wembley and I did Wembley for the first time and there's that picture, you can see the Wembley in the background. That was the biggest moment of my career at that point. And still considered to me one of the biggest moments for me I mean I don't know how you top it now 10 Wembleys (laughs) for me so my definition of making it is now turned into maintaining it I love my job I love what I do for a living of all it's all I've ever worked uh at uh, at doing and now it's maintaining it instead of trying to make it because I feel like Making it um, has changed so much over the time that I can provide for my family. I get paid to do it. People call me to go run them. And that's what it is. I mean, ultimately, that's what we're trying to do, right? So the definition of making it, which is what I'm going to be doing a lot uh, over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to bring some people on to give us their definition of making it, right? And sort of like how they... To, you know i've always kind of tried to tell a little tale and a little story and try to bring people on to um talk about their journey and and things like that but i i definitely um want to go take a little bit of a a different approach and and maybe put out a bit of like inspiring stories for people that are still trying to make it or you know are tr- are working towards their personal you know goals and all the rest of it um as i said have you set goals and have you achieved them you can't do this without setting goals you can't you know you have to go into the music industry whether it be as a musician or a production person or somebody that you know uh, the you know promoter rep like myself that runs shows you have to have your first mission which is learn as much as you can about the gig and then then what's your next mission i want to be the best drummer i can be great and then what Okay. Well then I want to get into a great band. Great. And then what? Well, then I want to sell out Wembley. Great. And then what? Uh, I want to like, right. It's, there's always like, and then what? And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. And I think if you're always thinking of, and then, and then what, um, it will help drive you to, to achieve it. So I definitely recommend anybody that's coming into my business in particular, um, you know, you've got to volunteer as I said you've got to spend as much time you got to put the 10,000 hours in you've got to put as much time in as you can if you want to learn how to be a promoter rapper like me you've got to go volunteer at the Vogue Theatre in, in Vancouver or the Commodore Ballroom or uh, try to get a job with the union in Toronto and go work at Massey Hall or whatever it is get as much show experience as possible so you in essence know almost every moving part you know ticketing Marketing. How do people come into the building? How do they leave the building? Who's taking care of security? How does the band gear get into the building and get out of the building? Where did the trucks park? Where's the tour bus parked? How's the band get to the venue? This is all stuff that would be really helpful if you come to me looking for advice. <laughs> if you can't answer any of those questions and you haven't done the work, you haven't done the homework. And I know it can be daunting, Um, And I know it can be discouraging, almost, because there's so much to learn. But that's like anything else. It's like anything or any kind of career you're going after or anything. You need to learn as much as you can. And that applies to the music industry. There's so many elements to what we do. I mean, I have an old saying. They talk about it being um, the music business. And I always say it's 95% business and 5% music. And some people push back on that from me, because they go, well, no, no, it's all music. And I'm like, sure. But the music part of it is very small. You're on stage for two hours. You spent maybe a month making it in the studio, maybe three months, maybe six months, who knows, but that's to get to the business side of it. Then you go on tour and it's all business. How many tickets did we sell? Uh, Press and video and and audio and interviews and this, and how is the song doing? And are we getting played on the radio? If radio is even a thing anymore, have we done um, enough shows to, to cover our nut? You know, there's all these different things. And, you know, I, if you've hit your goal and then you don't know what to do next and you're, you know, you're, there's always, and then, and then, and then you have to lay out your plan and learn as much about what is next and what the different levels in your business or this in particular, the music industry are being offered to you. Like, you know, you could get into a scenario where you, you want to run concerts like me and you want to tour the world and travel and all the rest of it. That's great. But then you can do like five shows and go, oh man, I really actually, I think I want to be like, I'm more intrigued by ticketing or I'm more intrigued by, um, you know, the the video guys or the audio guys. Well, then you got to pivot. There's that word and go to the audio guys and learn everything you need to know about audio and do like, let's say tested, learn everything about video uh, and lighting and try, you know, you got to learn as much as you can about that subject. I know it sounds simple, but you'd be amazed at how many people don't take the time to learn about either what it is that they want to do. Like I meet them. I meet, meet it a lot. Like you, you know, I am a bit of a specialized business. I have people that, um, um, you know, audio guys, you know, know a lot about a lot of things, but they know a shit ton about audio video guys. Same thing. They've specialized and they've honed in on what it is that they want to do. My particular job as a promoter rep and a tour director, um, has many layers because you control, uh, you know the a lot of the communication line you 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 connect all the dots you connect all the different departments and your lines have to be relatively fluent or something's going to get missed and you're not going to be able to load in or you missed bus parking and there's nowhere to park or you missed a security call and you're short 20 people in security like i'm just saying there's so many factors that go into what i do for a living that if you're coming into it and you're just going to kind of wing it or you're just going to sort of like, "Eh, you know, I I think I know everything. And, and I know this guy who told me this, you've got to put the time in it's 10,000 hours, really 10,000 hours is, is a lot. And that's what it's going to take for anyone. I think to take anybody serious in any kind of regard. So the question I get a lot circling back, what is making it? How do you make it in the music industry? Well, I mean, We're going to cover that in a lot of this kind of, um, you know, uh, this, these next couple of weeks, I'm going to get a few people on to talk about it um, and sort of try to cover off as much as I can on that subject uh, and get different guys that do different jobs that I do uh, in this industry and talk about their journey to making it, but also like what they learned along the way, what they can pass along to you. And maybe just, maybe you'll listen to one or two of these episodes and go, I was doing this, but now I'm going to do that. And that's the mission, isn't it? We're just here to try to educate and have some fun. So that is the Brinson on tour podcast for another week. Um, You know, I appreciate you stopping by just a quick one, 30 minutes or so. Just wanted to let you guys know what I'm up to. Uh, I'm going to take a little drink from my uh, partake sponsored uh, podcast in my kids on the escalator cup from the other podcast. (laughs) And, uh, I welcome your questions. If you watch this and you're like, yeah, how do you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. You can get me, uh, over at BrentononTour.com. So make sure you come by. Uh, let me just, you can find me on all the things, but BrentononTour.com. That's where you can find all of the, um, all my past episodes. You can also find me over on YouTube. Uh, there's some videos there, some of my journeys and some of the interviews that we've done. Uh, you guys are well familiar with the format, sort of how I've been, kind of rolling through. Um, I took a lot of shit about my COVID posts, which I don't give a shit. You guys do you, I'll do me. And I was like, but I'm, there was a substantial amount of negativity that was being hurled my way. Uh, And I was like, you know what? Hey, listen, we had just as many questions about people like, how the hell are you doing concerts during COVID? Well, let's, let's give you the breakdown and let's, let's talk to these guys and see how they've been running concerts during COVID. And thankfully, uh, mo- some of the guests that I've had have had to cancel because they're on tour, which is great, and that just means our industry is starting to get back. So we're gonna take it off the COVID train. And we're, I'm gonna take it off the you know that side of it. Um, everything that you need to know about that. Uh, I'm not gonna ignore. It. I'm gonna come back to it a little bit, but for the most part, I'm gonna stay off it for for a while. Uh, but you know, I had Dr. Sam on a couple weeks ago. That was good. No, that started to pot a little bit. Um, and then I also, I've had some band guys on to talk about what they've gone through and some of the changes. So I want to switch now as we get into the end of the year and we go into 22, um, and people are starting to gear up and they want a job in the music industry and they want to do all these things. I want to offer a little bit of what, you know, what I had to go through and then what some of my colleagues have kind of gone through. So, uh, and remember there's the Pearl Jam one. That was me, what, you know, what I thought was making it right. And it was just the top of that level and the bottom of the next, which happened to be stadiums. And I had a chance to do Wembley, which was a dream come true for me. So I'm in a really good spot mentally uh, when it comes to my career because I've worked, substantially hard and asked as many questions and volunteered and, 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 and acted as much of a sponge as I could to learn as much as I can. So uh, I'm here to pass that along and I'm here to bring you some amazing people that also will have that advice. And I hope you'll join me over the next couple of weeks to learn about their journeys. Plus uh, maybe help along the way with uh, a few things. Maybe I'll bring a life coach or two on. Why not? I'll bring everybody on. Not just music based. This whole Thing about making it applies to every single industry in the on the planet. What is your definition of making it? So think about that. Let me know what your definition of making it is. Come back next week and the week after and the week after, and we'll keep trying to define what making it means. Uh, I am Brent with the Brents on Tour podcast on the Dean Blundell Network. Thanks to all my friends over there. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next week. All right, everybody. Take care. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga.